Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Bren Gibbs. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> wow. Worship was off the charts tonight. Man, thank you guys. Praise the Lord. And happy Mother's Day to everyone all the moms. We're going to be praying for you a little later tonight, and I don't know if you saw coming in, but we have a flower for you in the back that you can pick up and pick one out on your way out. So we love you. We appreciate all the moms, and it's so good. Thank you. Thank you. It's so good to have Brian's mom, Karen Gibbs, here tonight with us. Yes. So thankful that you got to come. It's so good to have you. So it's a good night already. It really is. It's a good night. So I'm going to start out by sharing a story with you that I feel like it's, it's exactly where we're going in the Holy Spirit, and it's exactly what the Holy Spirit is wanting to hone in on in our lives tonight. Um, many years ago, my sister, I have three sisters and a brother. I'm the youngest of five. <laughs> so my, my sister, my middle, the middle child, she, um, she brought, there were two, her children had grown. She had four kids of her own, and they were pretty much all grown, and just about almost all of them were out of the house. And there was a family that was in need who uh, the mom, uh, the mom and dad weren't married. Um, she had children living, she had actually, I believe it was four children. But um, two of them, the youngest two, uh, needed a place to live. There was things going on in the family and the mom wasn't really able to care for the children. And so my sister and her husband, Wade, brought them in to their home to help them and take care of them. And, and the goal was uh, to eventually the mom could take them back one day and, and she would be rehabilitated and able to take care of them. That was always the goal, but um, years went by and um, never happened. And my sister and uh, brother-in-law ended up adopting them into their own family. And um, they're great kids, and, and they are the oldest one now. Um, he, he, his, we used to call him Ty Ty, <laughs> but now he goes by Tyler. Um, he's in high school and, you know, plays football and um, all these things, but he's a great young kid. He's in Bible quiz at um, a church and um, just a good kid. And then the younger one is Claire, and um, she's got some spunk to her and is, uh, is, likes to laugh and likes to make people laugh. But um, I bring them up when, when they were little and they just came into my sister's home the first week after a couple days that they were there. Um, and when they came into my sister's home, the Tai Tai was, he was a toddler. He was probably two or three. Um, and then Claire was about a year old. 
And when they came in, a few days after they were there, within the first week, my sister found uh, Tai Tai was hiding food under his bed. And um, so my sister, when she found that out, she asked him, you know, why are you, why are you hiding food? And, you know, it was basically because he didn't know. He came from a home that he didn't know when his, he was going to get his next meal. You know, the mom was had her mind on a lot of other things, and there wasn't a lot of finances in the house, and he didn't know when he was going to get the, his next meal, and so he would hide, he was hiding food for him and his little sister, so to make sure that they could, you know, have food next time they were hungry, and so my mom, or my, my sister sat him down and basically said, it's okay, you don't have to do that here, we have plenty of food, we have plenty of food in the house and in the pantry. And if you're ever hungry, all you have to do is come and ask us, and we'll give you food. You know, but that was the condition that he had come from. And now he came into this home. And, and he didn't know the type of home he came into. He didn't know that, you know, his, this man... You know, if he asked for a cookie, he'd give him some milk, too, you know, with it. He didn't know, you know, that, that this woman would, would make sure he was well taken care of and was a great cook and, and could, you know, fix his favorite meal whenever he wanted it. So I feel like the Lord reminded me of that. He kept stirring that up in me. And the Lord was saying that... That is what happens when we come into the body of Christ. When we, come, when we become sons and daughters of God, we come into a brand new world. We come into a brand new home and a brand new family. And when we come into that, we're still conditioned by what we've known, by a, a previous family or a previous situations and circumstances. And that's what we're conditioned to. And we don't realize the, the father that we have now. We don't realize the mother that we have now or the siblings that we have now. And the Lord is saying that that's where, that's where he's wanting to go tonight. Into those areas of our lives where we've been adopted into the kingdom of God. We've been adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. And, but we're still living in what we've known and what we used to know. And we're, we haven't come and been renewed into the new thing that God, into this new world and this new family that he has for us. And that's where, that's where we're going to go tonight. That's what the Lord wants to do in all of our hearts and in our, all of our lives you know, no matter what family you come from, there's probably good and bad in it, <laughs> you know. There's some maybe more good than bad, some maybe more bad than good. But, but there's, you know, it doesn't matter what family you, you come from, there's, there's always things that, that God is still working with and dealing with in the hearts and lives of people in that family, and so we have to renew our minds and be transformed in order to understand who our Heavenly Father is. 
And, and when I use one of my video that I just put out for our children's ministry, one of the things I said in there is that, you know, I would always tell my kids that natural parents are just training for you to be able to understand and grow into what it is to yield to a heavenly father. You know, as, as people grow up in a home, you know, they, they think, some of them think, one day I'm going to get to do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to my, live my life whatever I want. Well, that's not true if you're a born-again Christian. If you're a son and daughter of God, that's not true. And so the natural family is teaching and training for you to understand what it is to be led by a heavenly father, to yield to a heavenly father, to be obedient to a, a family, a, you know, the father heart of God, and to learn from him and to be blessed by him. So that's where we're going tonight. Um, so we're going to go on a journey. What I want to share on first, and we're going to get to some scripture. I wrote all the scriptures down on my, on my I'm, we're going to use this, let me tell you. We are, but I wrote them all, I put them all down on my papers here tonight. So I'll be reading off them mostly, but, um, in the Old Testament, never, well, I'll get to the exception, but, in the Old Testament, sons of God were not, it was not a part of the Old Testament, sons of God. The only time in the Old Testament that you hear about sons of God or children of God was never to a specific individual. It was always, it was either, they were talking about the angels. They, it, in scripture, in the Old Testament, it would call the angels sons of God, or it would talk about um, all of Israel being the children of God or the son of God. You want to, you know, a child of God, all of Israel, but not an individual until scriptures taught her talking about the Messiah to come. And when you look prophetically at the prophetic scriptures in the Old Testament, you begin to see that that's where it would begin to speak about a, a son of God. You know, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for you. But there's different scriptures, you know, out of Egypt I have called my son. You know, these are the scriptures that started popping up about a son, but they always pointed to the Messiah, about it being the son. Israel, most of the time, would be referred to as the children of Abraham, the children of Jacob. But there were a few times that they were called the, children, uh, ch the child of God or children of God collectively, but never individually. So, so that was the Old Testament. And then came along, come, came along Jesus. And this is uh, where it begins. I want to begin here in Scripture. In Luke chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 30 through 35. It's very familiar scripture, but I just want to read it. I love this scripture. So Luke chapter 1, verse 30, it says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, 
and shall call his name Jesus and will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So, and, and the Jewish people at this time, they knew that. They had an understanding that the Messiah was somehow, he was the one that was called the Son of God. And so when Peter, as an example, when when Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, what? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. So they had an understanding in that time that the one, the Messiah that was coming was going to be called and considered the son of God. They didn't totally understand it, but they knew that that's what the scripture said and that's what the prophecy said about him. So here we have this scripture confirming it. Obviously, this is an angel of the Lord that's come. This isn't a man prophesying. This is an angel coming to Mary and speaking and declaring this. And in verse 35, it says again, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, what this is saying is this. It says, therefore, also the Holy One. What happens? She's, the, the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you, Mary. It's going to overshadow you. And because of that, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. All right? So the deciding factor of this child being the Son of God was the Holy Spirit overshadowing. That was the deciding factor as far as what the angel was concerned. What was the deciding factor? How it was going to happen? Because Mary asked the question, how will this be? How will this happen? And the angel said, this is how it's going to happen. So it was by the Holy Spirit. We know that the Messiah or the Christ means anointed one. Right? We all know it means the anointing one. Christ isn't Jesus' last name, right? Everybody says. It means anointed one. So, so again, we, we hear Isaiah. Isaiah 61 says what? The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. All right? The Christ was the anointed one. And remember when Jesus came to um, a synagogue and they asked him, oh, why don't you read the scripture? You know, come on up. And guess what the reading was? It was on Isaiah 61, or it says he turned to it. But, but it was Isaiah 61, and he declared, today this is filled, fulfilled in your midst. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And again, it brings the correlation together of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, and the Son of God. 
it's, it's a triune thing here going on, all right? So the Holy Spirit is often expressed, one of the expressions of the mother heart of God. All right, if you don't really understand that or see that in scripture, a lot of times when the Holy Spirit shows up, it shows a lot of the mother heart of God. You know, it says God the Father, we, we know and understand that and recognize that, but the Holy Spirit a lot of times has a lot of characteristics of a mother or the mother heart of God that is part of who he is. And one of those things that the Holy Spirit the mother heart of God does is birthing, right? Births things, just like we as mothers are privileged and honored to be a part of that birthing process with the Lord, then the miracle that it is. So Genesis, here's some examples of how the Holy Spirit shows up when God's about ready to birth something. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the holy spirit the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters doesn't that sound familiar with what the angel said to mary the holy spirit will overshadow you and so here we have in the beginning of creation when god was getting ready to create and form the Holy Spirit's hovering. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> I believe that's what he was doing tonight. Holy Spirit was, has been hovering in here. Still is. So, um, so it speaks of birthing. When, uh, when Brian and I lived in Kentucky, it was, I don't remember if the kids were born yet. Yeah, they were born. We had the kids already, but um, we were helping in uh, the youth group at our church. And one day, we, I was driving home, and I was on the road. I just turned on the road that our, our home was off of. And I looked to my left, and I saw something that I had never seen before driving. And it was like hidden from me until this moment. And it was a very bad-looking trailer park area. And I looked over, and I was shocked. I couldn't believe, like, that's here, and I've never seen it. And then I was shocked by how, how depressed it looked or, or bad it looked, you know. Like, um, and I was just so surprised. And as soon as I saw it, I saw in the Spirit the Holy Spirit hovering over over that trailer park. And I was like, wow. And so then I started recognizing it a little bit more when I would drive by. And every time I drove by and I recognized it, I saw the Holy Spirit hovering. And so I just began to pray and, and to ask God what he was wanting to do and pray for the people in there. And um, what ended up happening was our youth group decided, we decided to go in at Christmas time to this trailer park and um, ask if there was any needs that they had for the children for Christmas, if we could, if we could, you know, if they had Christmas lists or there was any way that we could go in and we could help them get their Christmas lists. I'm telling you, person after person we would speak to would say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming. Our children would not have Christmas gifts 
if you, if you wouldn't do this. There's no way that we could provide a Christmas gift for them. Thank you so much. It was home after home, and, and it, it touched our youth so much that our youth began, had, as Brian was talking about tonight, a spirit of giving. Our youth got a spirit of giving on them, and they went to their parents many of them went to their parents and told them and said, we don't want Christmas gifts this year. Whatever money you're going to use to give us Christmas gifts, will you give that to us so we can buy Christmas gifts for these, Christmas gifts for these kids in this trailer park? Youth, young people, teenagers did this. And God moved in there, and we were able to minister to those families and touch them and bless them. And it all started just from me identifying and seeing the Lord showing me he was hovering over that place and he cared for those people and he loved those people and he wanted those children to have Christmas gifts and, and, and it was a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing in our youth group and in what God did there. So, so again, the birthing, God, the Holy Spirit shows up when he's getting ready to do something looks that's exactly what happened with with Jesus and then we go to John 4 5 through 8 and this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus about being born again the born again experience and it says Jesus answered most assuredly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. And so once again, we see the Holy Spirit showing up in our new birth, in our new birth experience. The Holy Spirit has to be there. Just as the Holy Spirit had to be there with Jesus being born, the Son of God being born, so the Holy Spirit has to be with us when we are born again as sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit has to be there, has to be a part of it. That's the way that God ordained it. That's the way it worked. As, as it goes with Jesus, so it goes with us. And that is why we are sons and daughters of God, because the Holy Spirit shows up, because the Holy Spirit is the one that births within us anew, that births us into the Spirit of God. So, I want to read a few scriptures concerning this. 2 Corinthians 1, chapter, or verse 21 and 22, it says, Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. All right, so it's the same thing. What we have been invited into as we are now in Christ, we are now sons and daughters of God, just like Jesus. 
And so we are supposed to be like Jesus. We are supposed to be like him. And in this scripture, it talks about the anointed and has anointed us in God and then sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee of who we are. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says this, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is a guarantee of our inheritance into the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Once again, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals and shows that we are sons and daughters of God. That's who, that's why. That's why you're a son and daughter of God, because the Holy Spirit is with you. He has birthed you as a, as a son and daughter, and, and now you are his, and you have the anointing. And in this scripture, it even talks about you have that inheritance in him. You have an inheritance in the Lord. Romans 8, 14 through 17. As for many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What a privilege. <laughs> I mean, this is revealing who we are, what we have. All right, I missed my place. <laughs> if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. All right, so, so again, it's the spirit who bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. In, in Acts 11, Christians were called Christians for the first time in Acts 11 in Antioch. And that word Christian obviously has the word Christ in it. And what again does Christ mean? Anointed one. So just as, so just as much as because we are in Christ, just as much as the spirit of God and the anointing and being a son of God is to Jesus, that's what it is to us. We are anointed, we are a son and daughter of God, and we have the spirit of God with us. It's, it's the model. It's, what, it's how it worked with Jesus, and it's how God provided the way, and it works with us now. All right, so not everyone is a child of God. This is important. Because when, uh, several years ago, there was an evangelist who um, I heard speak and share about what he was doing in another country, and and he shared and he said, he said, the way my approach is that everybody's children of God. Everybody's just a child of God. It's just they don't know it yet. You know, but, you know, that sounds good, but really, it's not biblical. It's not truth. Now, they're all God's creation. God created them. 
but they're not a son and a daughter yet. Maybe it'd be better if they said, you know, they're destined to be a son and a daughter. But, but they're not a, a child of God. They're not until they're born of the Spirit, until the Spirit births new life in them. They are not a child of God. And we need to understand this and have clarity on this because it's truth. This is the way God's word says it. We're going to get into some scriptures about how we've already read about how, how God chose to do it, how he established it. You know, but we, we can't get into confusion. We can't be confused on it. We have to understand that in order for you to be a son or a daughter of God, you have to be born of the Spirit. So, John, uh, 1 John 3. We're going to start in verse 7 through 10. I'm sorry I didn't get the scriptures to you guys earlier. It's, you know, I don't do this all the time, so <laughs> I forgot. So thank you for your help. 1 John 3. Verse 7, it says, little children, I wanted to start there, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin because he has been born of God. All right, so again, clearly it says you have to be born again. All right, then Jesus said, Jesus said something that um, I think is for his disciples was a real shock. And it's John 16, verse 7. And it says this, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. All right? So... So here we have Jesus. I mean, that's awesome, right? <laughs> the disciples loved having Jesus with them. But and here we have Jesus, and he says, it is to your advantage. Some scriptures say benefit. It is to your benefit that I go away because then I will send the helper. If I don't go, the helper's not going to come. But if I go, I'll send the helper to you. All right, so what we, one of the things that, that I want to talk about here is that in inner healing, who, who has ever gone through or been a part of an inner healing ministry or gone through it? Okay, some. There's several who haven't. And, um, but in inner healing, in an inner healing ministry or, so that you can get freedom on the inside, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need help, you know, to, to get free, sometimes um, you, you need people to help you walk through some freedom in your life, and one of the tools in the inner healing is that of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that of family, and what it teaches is that often 
times, many times, your relationships within your family can affect how you're viewing God or your relationship with God. All right? So within your own family, your father may affect how you view or see your heavenly father. Does that make sense? Pretty easy, right? Oftentimes, so in this tool, your, your siblings or maybe, you know, cousins, if you were an only child or something, can oftentimes reflect on Jesus as your older brother and how you view Jesus and your relationship with him. The Holy Spirit can oftentimes reflect your relationship with the, or, or your earthly mother. So, so within that, you can identify certain things that are going on in your life that, that you are putting on the Lord that you shouldn't be. You know, kind of what I talked about before with Claire and Tai Tai. You know, if, if your father was never around, he was always out working and everything, you may feel very disengaged from your heavenly father and feel like you are never close. You aren't close to him. You know, that he's always off somewhere taking care of business around the, the universe, but he's never centered and focused towards you. You know, those are examples of that. So oftentimes the Holy Spirit, again, is that, that connection with a mother. And, and we need to get healing into that. And you need to be free from those things and identify what lie you're believing. Because it always goes back to a lie. It always goes back to something that you're believing falsely. So, so within that, let's look for a moment at this scripture that we just read from John chapter 16. And think about it in the context of family, of your heavenly family, all right? This is your older brother saying to you, it's good that I go. I'm going to go. It's good that I go, brother or sister, because the mother heart of God is going to come to you. I'm going to send the mama heart of God to you. All right? I'm going to send the mama heart of God to you. It's a twist on it that maybe you haven't thought of before. But, you know, it might be good for big brother to go, <laughs> you know, so that you can have mama <laughs> with you. Mama might take care of you a little better than big brother. <laughs> In the natural, right? I don't know. But that's what, the, that's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, it's good that I go because this person of the Holy Spirit is going to really help you in this time and season of your life. This one, I've done my job here. I've done what I was called to do here. Now it's, it's the mama heart of God turn to come. So let's look into a little bit some things of what that mother heart of God is, what the Holy Spirit represents that looks like mama. Everybody with me? Everybody doing good? We good so far? All right, number one we've already talked about is the birther. The Holy Spirit is the one that births. We've talked about that. Number two, 
The Holy Spirit affirms your identity. All right? It doesn't give you your identity. The Father heart of God gives you your identity. The Holy Spirit affirms your identity. All right? Remember the scripture, Romans 8, 16, where it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit affirms to you who you are in God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So he's the affirm. He, the Holy Spirit affirms your identity. Number three, the Holy Spirit's a teacher. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. First Corinthians 2.13 shows how, how the Holy Spirit is a teacher in our lives. He teaches us all things. And then we have a helper, which we talked about, John 16, 7. The Holy Spirit is the helper that comes along and beside. Now, this isn't just some little helper, you know, like, oh, you know, Zach's my little helper tonight, you know, that's going to help me move tables, move the stool, you know. That's not the type of helper that we're talking about. This type of helper is, in, is one that is very efficient. It is one that you need. It's a help you need. It's not one that really isn't a helper that's, hey, yeah, oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking that side of the table and let me, you know, it's not that kind of help. It's one that you need. It's a help that you can't live without. You can't do it without. That's the type of helper. Number five is the comforter. He's our comforter. The great comforter will come, just like a mother. You know, who do, who do, who do the kids run to? when they fall and skin their knee. Usually it's mama, <laughs> you know? It's usually mama that they're gonna run to, you know? Dad says, ah, fuck it up, fuck it up, you know? <laughs> Get back up, don't cry, you know, strong, you know, all of those. But, the, but mama, mama comes in comforts, right? Oh, baby, you know, that's how it works. The mother heart of God, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Our advocate. Romans 8.26. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. This is what it says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. The Holy Spirit's our advocate. The Holy Spirit speaks up for us just like a child. You know, the mom will come and speak for their child when the child doesn't have the words to say, when the child doesn't know how to confront or how to deal with a situation. The mom comes and is an advocate and speaks for her child to help, just like the Holy Spirit here making intercession for us. We don't know how to pray sometimes, but the Holy Spirit does always. So this is the this is the mother heart of God, these things, and this is who we have with us. This is who we have.
So it doesn't matter what your natural family, how they did things. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it would have helped, but in the long run, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do you get that? It might have helped, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they were only a type or a model of what, of the true, they're only a reflection of what our heavenly family truly is. And that is where we get our identity now. As sons and daughters of God, that's where we get our identity. When I was, um, many of you know I homeschooled our kids, and I loved it, and I think they loved it. <laughs> no, they did. Um, they've told me. So, um, but I homeschooled them, and, you know, it, it just was my heart to, to raise them and nurture them and teach them, and there were many reasons why I did it. But when they were younger, I would pray to the Lord, and I would say, Lord, will you homeschool me like I homeschool my kids? Not that I was, you know, perfect at it or anything, but I'm just saying what my heart was, you know. I put this effort into it. So what I was asking is, will you put effort into homeschooling me like I am putting effort into homeschooling my kids? And I prayed that for years. And there were times that, you know, I prayed it because I really didn't feel it, you know. I prayed it because I wanted more, you know, of, than what I had or was receiving. And then all of it one day, I had a revelation that the Holy Spirit was already homeschooling me all along. But I didn't have the revelation of it. And it's because I didn't have the revelation of it, I couldn't receive from the Holy Spirit like I wanted. You know, I mean, growing up, I wasn't homeschooled. I went to a public school. My mom worked, you know, she worked many hours. My dad was laid off for some years, and so it was difficult. My mom, you know, found work and, and all of those variables, you know. And, and maybe that had a part of it, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the Holy Spirit and, you know, and you reflecting things from your mom. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't her fault. She was, she was doing her best in the situation that we had, and, and I'm thankful for her. She, she's awesome. She owned a business, and um, she did great. But, um, but again, it, you know, I wasn't receiving from the Lord because I didn't have the revelation at that time that the Holy Spirit was here all along right beside me, right beside me. And I didn't realize that that heart that I had for nurturing my kids and teaching my kids in the way they should go, you know, all of that was from God. It was the same heart that God had towards me. But I just didn't have that revelation, and so I wasn't receiving it. And so it's so important that we awaken to who God is for us, towards us. It's so important because that revelation, that renewing of our minds will make all the difference. Those revelations will transform us. We prayed tonight for transformation 
A transformed church will transform a city. When we come into the revelation that of who God is, who we are as sons and daughters, what we have access to right now, just because we don't feel it doesn't mean we don't have access to it, folks. We have to step in and learn how to receive from God what he has freely given to us. We have to learn this, and that is what's going to transform us. Do not be conformed to this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's the, it's the renewing of the mind that transforms you. It's the renewing of your mind that transforms you. So back to the story of uh, Claire and Tai Tai. You know, just like they were, we need to get to know whose house we're living in now. Whose kingdom we are living in now. And, and we need to get to know in relationship those people. It wasn't until Claire and Tai Tai realized who they were living with that they understood what they had access to and how they lived. They didn't have to live like orphans anymore. They didn't have to live like people that were afraid when their next meal was coming. They didn't have to do that because of whose house they were living in. And when they got the revelation of whose house they were living in, they were transformed. They were transformed and they lived their life differently because of it. They, their mindset shifted. They weren't worrying about food anymore. They didn't have to. Remember the scripture in, in Matthew? about not worrying, don't, don't worry, don't, don't worry like the Gentiles do. The Gentiles were the unbelievers. Don't worry like the Gentiles do because you don't have to. You don't have to. They, they, they wonder where their next meal is coming. They wonder the clothes, what they're going to wear, how they're going to provide, you know, for themselves and their family and all of these things. And he says, after that, the world seeks you don't have to do that anymore. Just like, just like the songs we were singing tonight, you know, uh, about I don't have to strive anymore. You know, I don't, have to, I don't have to do that anymore because of whose you are, because of whose house you're in now. You know, one thing, let me, I'll just say one thing with Trump. You never, you never think, boy, I wonder if Donald Trump's kids know how to create finances. <laughs> I wonder if they know how to create wealth. I wonder. You never think that. You know they know how to create wealth. You know how they know how to do it. There's no question because of who their dad is. And that's why if they were born into another, another family, that same exact person may not know how that, that person, if Yvonka had been born to a different father, she may not have known how to create wealth for herself and her family. 
She may not, but because she was the daughter of Donald John Trump, <laughs> she had some access. She had resources. She had teaching. She had whatever she needed, you know, that, to, to know that. It was just a natural thing. And that's the same with God in our lives. God is the all-sufficient one. You know, he, he's richer than Donald Trump. <laughs> Hallelujah, right? <laughs> Exceedingly, that's right. And you know what's awesome is that Donald Trump needs the Holy Spirit. Maybe he lived a life for a while thinking he could do it without the Holy Spirit. But God put him in a place, in a call, in a position where he knew he needed the Holy Spirit. You know, we all need the Holy Spirit. But the resources that we have because of the Holy Spirit is what makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. So... Uh, let me just think where I want to go here next. Thank you. Um, many of you know as you go out um, with, when the moms get their flowers tonight, um, on, on the little paper we do say Happy Mother's Day to you, but but there's also a new website that you can go to, Moms and Women, that is a it's, a, it's a new blog that I've put out, and it's called the Proverbs 31 Way. It's the Proverbs31way.com. So it's all about living a life of purpose, your calling in God, and your calling to your family, your husband, your children, your home, your community, it's all about those things. So um, you can check it out and everything. But for a long time, I've, I've just so desired to be that, as many of you have desired to be a Proverbs 31 woman, a woman of God, a woman that, that blesses, just blessings all over, you know, blesses everything she touches, every person that she comes in contact with, she's a blessing. And... I've always loved that, and one of the things that I was thinking about here recently concerning that is how the, the Proverbs 31 woman oversees her household. She takes care of the house, you know, she, and she manages it, you know, she, she does a good job, <laughs> she, you know, and it's not just folding clothes, it's not just cleaning the di dishes, you know, she's stellar. She, she is a woman of valor. She is a woman of excellence in all forms, in all ways. And so, honestly, I think in some ways we can look at her and see how and learn and grow as to the representation of the Holy Spirit, just as we were talking about the mother heart of God and how the Holy Spirit is in a home. And we are the dwelling place of God, right? We are the sanctuary of God now. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so now the Holy Spirit has come in. Think about 
that Proverbs 31 woman or think about the mother heart of God when she comes into a home, what does she do? She sets things in order, doesn't she? She'll set things in order. She'll get things running like a fine old machine, right? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to set things in order. The Holy Spirit wants to start things, get, get things flowing for you, systems that run good, that run efficiently in your life. So you're not always having your hiccups, you know. You're not always having things go into chaos, things failing. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and bring order, get rid of the chaos. The Holy Spirit and a mama brings atmosphere, right? If, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy, right? That's the saying. So, so, so the mama heart of God brings in the atmosphere, right, of the place. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings in the atmosphere into our lives, that of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? Joy, that's the kingdom of God. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to bring into our lives as, as the home of God, the vessels of God. The Holy Spirit will make repairs when needed, right? If something's broken, the Holy Spirit wants to fix it. I've heard that the anointing hones in on those broken things. That's where the anointing always will hone in on and go straight towards is, is those things that are broken, those things that need fixed, those things that need repaired so that things can be functioning, right? There can be peace in the home. When things are broken and disarrayed, you know, it, there can be chaos. There can be things that aren't, aren't peaceful, that's what we need the Holy Spirit to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit mends and heals what needs mended, what needs healed. The Holy Spirit cleans, right? Cleans house. <laughs> and sometimes I always say, you know, when, when you clean out a closet, it gets worse before it gets better, right? <laughs> And that's what happens sometimes when it's time to clean something out. Sometimes it starts looking a little worse, but it'll get better. Just hold on. Keep holding on. So you are the house of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought with a price? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and do the work. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take care of things. That's what the Holy Spirit is in your life for. That's what... Holy Spirit is here for, whether that's individually, within a home, within a congregation, it keeps going more and more. That's what the Holy Spirit does. 
The Holy Spirit is so very important. The Holy Spirit is an important person. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit is an important person. There could be a lot of things that the Holy Spirit could do and probably is doing, right? <laughs> but, but when you think of what the Holy Spirit could be doing and the focus that the Holy Spirit has on sons and daughters of God, it shows the importance of a mother. And it shows, you know what? A woman could be doing a lot of things. But one of the most important things that a woman can be doing is serving her kids, taking care of her kids, her family, her husband, serving her husband. That's the, just like the Holy Spirit, if we exemplify the Holy Spirit, that is what we as women will do. We will be a blessing. We will serve. We will care for them. There's a lot of things we could be doing, but we choose to do what is most important. And our example is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I love the story of Moses, you know, but one thing I love about it is that when it was baby Moses, when <laughs> Moses was a baby, and it says about his parents, it says that they saw that Moses was a beautiful child, so they hid him, right, from Pharaoh. They saw Moses was a beautiful child. Now, let me ask you, what parent doesn't think their child is beautiful, <laughs> right? But because of it, they did something with their faith. They put into action the beauty they saw in that child. They invested. They did something that they had to sacrifice. They did something that if they were caught, who knows what could have happened, you know? But they saw the beauty, but they acted on that. They acted on what they saw. And that's what a mama does. I'm not saying, you know, everybody has to homeschool. Don't hear that. You know, that, that's, I'm not talking about that tonight. But what I'm saying is that heart of a mother towards their children is a beautiful thing. And that is the heart that God has towards us. And the closer we get to the Holy Spirit, the more it will look like the Holy Spirit. And the closer we identify how the Holy Spirit does it, the more transformed we'll be in our lives. Amen. So it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> I want to pray. Do you want to come up, Brian, and pray too? Or Okay, come on. So why don't we have
have the uh, moms. Cody, you can come if you want. That would be great. Thank you. Um, why don't we have the, all the moms stand tonight, and let's give them a wonderful yeah. applause. They deserve it. Honor. Yes. We honor you. You guys are awesome. There's so many beautiful moms here tonight. That's right. You are. You're beautiful on the inside and out. You are. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. So we just want to pray over you and bless you. So do you just want to lift your hands? Lord, we thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for mothers. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that carries the mother heart of God to us. I thank you for every mother, Lord. I thank you for the gift that mothers have of being able to, to birth life, bring forth life into this world. Thank you for that. Thank you for the honor and the privilege Lord, and thank you for the privilege of being able to raise sons and daughters. You entrusted to us the ability and the gift to raise sons and daughters for your kingdom and glory. Sons and daughters, Father, that we can love and nurture and cherish and intercede for. show them your heart, Lord. We thank you. Thank you that you're doing that. Thank you, Lord, that you're making mothers right now in this place, too. We thank you for that, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Your Holy Spirit is just doing the work that you do, Lord. And thank you that we can co-labor with you. Tonight, Lord, I bless every mother here. I thank you for their lives, Lord. I thank you for their sacrifice and their service. I thank you for all they do, for their families, for this church, for our communities, Lord. In the world that they influence and affect each and every one, I thank you for their lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are hovering over them tonight. You are ministering to them tonight. You are birthing new things in them. You are revealing your heart for them, your passions for them. You are transforming their minds and renewing their minds, Father, right now to see you as who you really are. And we thank you for it, God. We thank you what you're doing tonight in this place. Lord, we pray that this weekend would be just a kiss from you to every mom here. And even online, those who are watching. We pray, Father, that you would kiss every mother this weekend with your love and your blessings in your heart. Lord, we bless them. We thank you for them.
Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.